Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tedboard Misfit Podcast. I'm your host, Heath Meredith, joined with my co-host, Gunnar Michelli. What's up? <laughs> All right, y'all. We're doing a little double take on today, trying to knock out more than one episode today. So um, we uh, just wanted to... Let y'all know we're we're trying to put all this together. As you can tell, we're now on um, on video podcast, working on getting all that put together. We got a YouTube channel that's that's being launched. We just have to add our content to it. Still on Spotify, still on Apple Podcasts, still on Google Podcasts, and it is growing like crazy, like a motherfucker. <laughs> it's nuts. Um, the outpour, the DMs, the constant ads we've been getting it's it's been fucking awesome, and uh, it's just continuing to grow. Um, the last audio show that we did, we had my buddy Sean Black on here, Battalion Chief, um, and, and talked a lot about you know his views on leadership, uh, manhood, every aspect of manhood that you know he's encountered in his career and everything, and we kind of brought that that all on, brought him on to kind of talk about all the hot topics and, and start breaking the ice on some of that stuff so we could build further into this morals and manhood um, series that we're running. Um, we also talked a little bit on, on the last video podcast about um, some of the programs that we're launching, you know, to go you know, hand in hand with the apparel, the podcast. Uh, now going to be looking at going into some different business ventures and, and bringing other misfits on that are in line with our brand and, and letting them kind of come in underneath the brand and, and expanding whatever talents and stuff that they have in the business world and everything like that uh, to give them a, a means to earn, earn a little bit more income on the side where they're not completely reliant on their fire department payroll and whatnot. Uh, we also let everybody know we started a Facebook group. Um, so we have the original uh, podcast page, but we also now have a group for everybody to get on there and jump on. It's, it's a forum based, uh, you know, talk about the struggles that you've gone through, talk about, you know, good times that, you know, you've had where like maybe you and your department, your union, whatever, you know, the guys kind of stood up for what was right, did the right thing and you ended up prevailing in the end. Um, all that. Cause as, as this is, whole movement is growing and we're seeing that there is a ton of misfits out there. No, absolutely, man. It's uh, it's to the point where I'd even say we're we're the majority. Oh, have, yeah, we are. And there's no reason for us not to be taking this shit over. <laughs> That's exactly right. And, and getting shit where it has a good moral compass again, where it's not yeah. all about money and not all about corruption and politics and all that kind of shit. So, um, yeah, y'all go on there and join that group. Um, it, it's it's linked with with the uh, Tower Misfits page on, on Facebook. Uh, you know, keep checking us out on Instagram. Uh, Gunner's real good about he's putting reels on there, and we're starting to expand, especially with this video. Uh, we're going to be able to just fucking launch this shit. Yeah, <laughs> so it's pretty cool. We're just kind of waiting a little bit on uh, on the apparel still get here. Uh, we're waiting on it; it's coming in, just not not fast as as we like for it to. Um, but anyways, that's kind of what we got going on right now, and uh, we're just going to do do another little morals and manhood episode. How um, we going? What do you think? We would call this one a little uh, fatherhood and finances and fucking or yeah, something, uh, to that something like that. Yeah. Um, but we're just going to hit some hot topics, you know, as far as for, for manhood and shit like that. Um, I think we, we can really we can start with just finances. Um, everybody in the fire service is getting hit. You know, it, it used to be preached all the time to guys when you come in the fire department, you're never going to get rich doing this job. Uh, I think that's kind of been lost in translation throughout the last Several years, you know, everybody wants to come in and and uh, have the badass schedule where you, you know, work 10, 12, 15 days a month, whatever it is, but you, you're not working a normal eight to five gig, so you do have a good bit of free time. Everybody's getting their first good salary job, so they mm-hmm. want to go out and 
first thing right out of the bag, everybody buys a new truck. You know, we yeah. joke about it, but drive past the fire station. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty of it. Gunner's guilty of it. You know, everybody we know has got, you know, some nice, nice trucks, got boats, four-wheelers, you know, whatever. That mm-hmm. Name it, they got it. And, um, you know, what what that kind of speaks to Gunner and I, we, we totally understand because you come out of, of high school and, you know, you're working your ass off. Maybe you had another job, blue-collar job or something beforehand, uh, and either you were making good money or you weren't making good money. Um, you know, myself, I worked in the oil field. I was making badass money. So I had some badass shit. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you know, then you go to work in the fire department, income gets cut damn near 25, down to 25% of what I was making, and I still had all those bills. And, um, you know, I know – that's a struggle mm-hmm. that everybody has to do with finding, you know, housing is through the fucking roof. Trucks, everything is through the roof right now as far as what it costs compared to what we make. And the fire service itself hasn't really seen a significant increase in payrolls in decades. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, it's a lifestyle change, a complete lifestyle change. Completely. Um, and more aspects than one. I mean, you're everything from the money that you're bringing in to the, you know, you're not home every night to, um, just overall the sacrifice that you have to be willing to do on the job. I mean, just, it's, yeah, fire service is, it's not, it's not easy. Um, and it, it's a lifestyle though. It's a, it's a choice. Everyone that's in this business is doing it because they want to. Nobody's holding a gun to your head making you do this shit. Yeah. I, I would say that the job is easy. The lifestyle of the fire service is not easy. No, I could, yeah, completely agree with that. Uh, it, yeah, it's not it's not complicated. No, it's not complicated. That's yeah, probably it's, better. It's not complicated. I think people are overcomplicating a lot of shit, trying to rewrite shit to try to you know put their spin on stuff to either make money or try to make their impact or whatever. But yeah, it's not that it's complicated in that aspect. But yeah, the long fucking shifts of getting your ass hammered, you know, on a med unit or whatever, or long ass fires that you're extended and called in for overtimes, storms wildfires you name it it's out there and yeah it's not it's a sacrifice on you and your family yeah um as far as a whole i mean you're unless you do a side business or something like that where you're able to generate some pretty good income i mean your quality of life is not going to be a doctor or lawyer's quality of life um you can make it you can make it yeah Yeah. you can absolutely as long as you're willing to get out there on your days off and and put the work in but you're not going to do that shit on a fucking salary job um, you know, and that's why, you know, going into this finances deal and uh, especially people my age aren't as ed- educated with finances like how I am. So I'm a, you know, big finance guy. Yeah, you you're know? a student of it for yeah, sure. Yeah, so, uh, man, and that's what, you know, not as something you also don't preach to your, you know, your rookies and stuff is, you know, how to manage your finances or how to invest and not just investing into your pension, but, you know, starting an IRA or go to Everest Jones and, you know, set up some mutual funds or whatever that you want to do, you know, and, that's something that everyone should be doing. And that's my opinion. I mean, take it for what you want, but that's what I think they should be doing. Oh, absolutely. Because that pension's not guaranteed. Even that other stuff's not guaranteed. I don't even go further to say everyone should be investing in real estate, personal opinion. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, and really, the, as far as even that goes, it's hard when you've got a you know, $45,000, $50,000 a year job, it's hard to go out and, and buy real estate. Exactly. I mean, you got to, everybody I think is so caught up on, you know, finance and finance and finance and finance. And, and I did it. I mean, I had at one point, I had over $2,000 a month just in damn vehicle notes. And that wasn't shit. Like, that was easy. And this was 10 years ago when truck notes were 
five, six hundred dollars maybe or even less, but I had four four vehicles in my in my driveway. Um and and looking back, you know, that shit, that shit's a hardship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even fast forward a little bit, whenever I uh I had my first big house that I bought and all this kind of stuff, um, had two brand new vehicles, had a house and all and everything was Cadillac as long as I had two incomes coming in, we'll end up going through a divorce and this, that, and the other. Um, the environment in my fire department was completely fucking toxic. Well, I was so married to those bills of having to try to keep the house and keep the truck and all this kind of stuff that I had zero freedom. I mean, I had to sit there and swallow whatever kind of bullshit was getting thrown my way just to keep the job. If not, you know, repo man's coming mm. and I've already been down that road point we were way overextended i've driven a truck up to the bank and turned the keys in and said i can't i can't make the notes i'm not running from the repo man anymore i can't do it um and i don't want to see anybody else have to go through that kind of shit so people are going to have to be a lot smarter yeah you know it's taken me being the age i am now in the last probably five years i've started trying to be a whole lot smarter with money I've learned what I can learn and everything like that. I've downsized, you know, I really try to make my bills accordingly. And that's because I went through that, you know, shit, I'm having a new four. I'm having a new side by side, brand new fucking motorcycle, uh, house, brand new vehicles, blowing and going, man, blowing and going. And all I was doing was working like a full-time job, had another full-time job. Mm-hmm. So I'm working two full-time fire jobs. And then it's like, Oh, Hey, can you work overtime? Yeah, I work overtime. Or, you know, at one point I had a part-time EMS job that I ended up working and working. I mean, it just it just snowballs where you're having to work your full-time plus a duty crew job plus maybe another full-time. And you, then you're never off. you got all this cool shit sitting in the driveway and you can't do nothing yeah, with exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that, and that in turn, it creates, you know, Sean talked about a little bit, you know, that ends up making problems at home. Mm-hmm. You end up having the financial problems lead to marriage problems lead to bad road that you're gonna it just it's a huge snowball yeah. effect yeah you know and there's no worse feeling than than literally being like to the point where yeah you have all this stuff but it's like shit i've got don't really have enough money to go to the grocery store don't really have enough money for fuel to get to work so you're going and getting payday loans that have like a fucking astronomical interest rate on them just to get back to work been there done that don't recommend that shit mm-hmm. to anybody. That's scary. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like, fucking terrible. I mean, at one point I was having to go get like a $250, $250 payday loan or whatever to uh, have the fuel to get back to work and then buy my groceries when I was at work. I mean, it just, it's, you can spend that shit faster than you can get it. Yeah. And people, you know, I, I know people know that, but the, it just, you're going to have to come down to a point where you're just like, all right, enough's enough. I got to start looking at my life or what I got coming in. So, I mean, like one of the things that, that Ashton and I, we, we really, we do well, um, majority of the time. Now we do have kids, so kids are expensive mm-hmm. <laughs> and our kids do all kinds of stuff. Um, but you know, one of the things that, that we try to do, so she and I's first checks of the month, cause you know, she's a nurse as well. So we are fortunate in that. We both have a, a decent income. All of our bills are paid out of my first check and her first check, all that. So we have, you know, basically two whole checks, which I understand everybody doesn't have that, but you just, just say it's, you're a single, single income just as a firefighter. You need to base your bills truthfully 
where all your bills can be paid with one check. That would be nice. I mean, I know that's a hard stretch, but these younger guys, half half of y'all are living at home with your parents anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many guys do we know that work with us down there? They're all still at home. All still, yes. So, yeah, they got trucks. They have a new truck, whatever. Well, between that and your, you know, your grocery bill, your cell phone bill, and your insurance, if you can't pay all that shit with one bill, then you're overextended. Yeah, I believe, I truly believe that. And that's the thing. Buying a truck <laughs> is the last thing that you need, or buying a brand new truck, yeah. you know, especially, you know, you're 18, 19 years old, do what you want. I'm not trying to get, like, preach anything, but I mean, personally, I would never do that. Fuck. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to do before, it now. Before you have, <laughs> you know, kind of before you have a house, before you have structure in your life, you know, um, but growing up, I ain't going to lie. Um, I always had somewhat nice stuff, but I was, man, I was 14, 15 and I was working a job. I started a mowing company, mowing business and I was making some pretty good money and I could afford all the bills that I wanted and you know and I wanted to I didn't want to go spend it on other stuff I I like to always buy something I could show for my money you know at a vehicle that age is kind of all you really can show for oh for sure I mean I had a brand new truck yeah so um but if you're but you know 18 is though that's your your manhood now (laughs) you know that's when you start looking at you know land and a house and trying to find your wife and everything like that you you think and yeah. one thing I wish I would have done, though, is growing up, is saving money for me to go travel and do things, you know. Um, that's something I really didn't – I really didn't enjoy life. I worried about money so much. I want to save so much money that I didn't go and enjoy the finer things in life that you oh, say. And that's what I'm trying understand. to do on the back end. And it's still hard. My wife gets mad at me. It's still hard for me to spend money on a trip because it's money that I know is just gone away and I can't make that money. Like I can make it back, but, like, my money's not going to be re- – I'm not spending money to have money returned to me. Right. Be like yeah. an investment. And so it's hard for me to still do it. I'm not going to lie. See, but. That's <laughs> that, that is what my wife and I splurge on. Like, I mean, you know, we, we live very below our means yeah. with, I mean, a little small house and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that's one thing we splurge on. Like, she and I go on, on our weekends and we go. I mean, we pay cash for everything, but we go. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to pack up and go to the beach for, you know, a few days. We do. We want to go to Anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. Shreveport, Dallas, anything we want to do, go to Hill Country, all that. That's what we do. That is where we splurge. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. – we get asked on Facebook, oh, must be nice. You know, how y'all always going on these trips? You're always on the road. You're always doing this. It's like that is literally where we spend our money on, where y'all have a bunch of shit sitting in your driveway, boats, RVs, side-by-sides, all that kind of stuff. Come drive up my driveway. I don't have none of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that's just – that is what we splurge on now. But – that's a decision that we make, you know, because that's the stuff that you remember. Yeah. I mean, I've had so many damn vehicles in my life, all brand new. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. I, I tried to count the other day of how many I've had since I was 16. And you, I'm like, damn. Okay. And you're going to, you don't remember that shit. Mm-mm. You don't remember, but you that's remember, true. you remember the trip to Gatlinburg, you know, or you remember the trip to Broken Bow. You mm-hmm. remember the trip to San Antonio. So that's how we view things. Dude, that's a good perspective. It really is. Um, because Stop. yeah, you, you can always buy some more shit. It's um, true. But you can't buy time back. You can't buy time back. And I mean, my wife and I, that's that's something that we like to do. So that's what we do. That's kind of where we splurge. Um, but there's times too, like, uh, you know, we just had this big rodeo weekend and everything, and that shit ain't cheap. I know that ain't cheap. <laughs> no. So we uh, you know, we just went and did that with the kids, and that's how we we build our memories with the kids, is going and doing with the kids rather than providing them a bunch of shit. Yeah. You know, uh all that shit's perishable. It, it, it's going to come and go. Is. 
It absolutely is. And, you know, when you think about it, so first truck I bought, I, w- I bought it when I was 15. I think I just turned 15. Uh, bought a brand new, um, no, I was younger than that. It was, a, it was a 2003, brand new 2003 Chevrolet Z71. At the time, what was fully loaded. <laughs> I bought that bitch brand new for $15,000. That same fucking truck today. And you're talking about just let you know a little less than twenty years later, that same truck today is about seventy thousand. And you know what has not changed? Firefighter pay. Yeah, that's that's what's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's astronomical. And that's what a lot of guys don't understand because they see all the oh everybody you know get a new truck. This and I understand that, but you have to think about the very basic on this. If your salary job is paying you fifty thousand dollars a year, forty five thousand a year, whatever, and you're buying a truck that's seventy or eighty thousand. That's damn near double what you make a year for a truck. When ten years ago, that same truck was forty thousand, mm-hmm. and then from about ten years ago and further back, it was way less. So I mean, just the the I guess inflation is what you call it on trucks, cars, all that kind of shit. Just in the last fifteen years. It's insanity. Now everything, they they literally cater and want you to finance everything. Mm-hmm. Hell, your damn cell phone. You can't walk into AT&T and buy the bitch because they want to offer it to you on like four different programs to pay it out by the month. And it's it's essentially, I mean, that's what it is, is finance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's the culture that you're living in. And there's a lot of people out there that preach, you know, debt's a good thing. Debt's, debt's a good thing when it's in in investment shit that is creating you cash flow or you can sell and make a shitload back. Yeah. But even so like you, this house is beautiful and has, you know, a lot of equity in it, but the only way you get your money back on it is by having to sell it. Yeah, exactly. It's still as of right now, it's a liability. Right. Cause you can't sell it. Cause I know where it is and you're, you're gridlocked just like I'm gridlocked. Yeah. You can't go nowhere there cause it's on family land. So it's yes, it's here and it's beautiful and you're not going anywhere. But people are like, well, a home is an investment. Yes, it's an investment, but you can't get a return on it unless you sell it. Exactly. And that's hard to preach. And that's why I recommend a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yes. You know. That's yeah, that's a great that's a great book. Um I I've I've really enjoyed that one. And we're gonna get, you know, we're trying to educate people. So, you know, if people think we're giving shout outs, whatever, we're not, you know, necessarily we're not getting a kickback for anything, but these are things that have helped. Gunner and I, you know, whether it's on leadership or whether we're going to, we're going to start at, you know, kind of necessarily plugging people, but giving tips of stuff that people need to go read because people just, maybe they don't know what kind of literature and stuff is out there. So they're either going to have to take somebody's word for it or listen to bullshit that people, you know, influence or whatever are putting on Facebook yeah. and Instagram. And most of those people are the fucking world's worst. Yeah. I mean, they're making smart money moves, but kids and stuff are looking at these people as gods and like they're, yeah. you know, and they're definitely living a life in their means because, you know, they're marketing and do, making their brand and stuff. But the kids are not seeing that portion. They just see they're living this lavish lifestyle and want yeah. to live it and make the. But they're not probably morally living right. But no, and they're not firefighters. No. I mean, exactly. a lot of these people, yeah. they're, they're, not, they're either starting up with way more money than you'll ever have as a firefighter oh, for a startup. Yeah. Or they, yeah, they're not uh, necessarily, they're not, they don't have the same constraints as, say, a firefighter does as far as the abilities to. You know, if you're a firefighter and you're working in said city, you really can't leave that city to go to a booming economy in another state unless you're going to give up your fire career and go chase that. 
which if that's what you want to do and you're going to be successful, then by all means, that's fucking awesome. Do it because that's going to give you the lifestyle that you want and your family, the lifestyle that they, they want and need, deserve, everything like that. But we just understand, like, coming from small town East Texas, your, uh, <laughs> your workforce is not that big. No. You know, guys ask, us, right now. Yeah, guys ask us all the time, like, because Gunner drives about an hour and a half. I drive uh, about two and a half hours one way. Uh, and we do like he does that on his shift, and then I do it every day that I'm on shift. I, I spend about five hours in the car every day going to work. And people ask you all the time, like, well, why are you doing that? Well, there's no work. I mean, we literally live in the woods. It's either go work, which, you know, not knocking on anybody, but it's basically, it's essentially minimum wage jobs here, or you work at one of the schools or the hospitals. That's it. Fire department jobs for us. Um, there's two paid departments within an hour of us. Everything else is hour and a half, two hours away. Um, and those two departments, they, they of course have their own issues, everything going on, turnover rate or whatever or pay. I mean, the pay is not that great. Mm-hmm. So it's just really like, we understand everybody has struggles on wherever you work. If you work in one of these big you know, metropolitan areas that there's a lot of fire departments to choose from, then consider yourself blessed. Yeah. And they um, make a lot of money over there. They make yeah. a lot of money. And, and we also understand the caveat to that shit is, yeah, you make a whole lot more than say we would in these smaller towns, but y'all's cost of living is a whole lot higher. Um, so, I mean, everything has a, uh, you know, use Jocko's word. Everything has a dichotomy to it. Um, but uh, anyway, we just, uh, we want people to really start thinking about the finances because everything that we're, you know, with this movement that we're trying to build and grow upon is the ability to say, uh, you know, fuck you, no, when shit's not morally right. Um, and to be able to live by principles and, and everything like that. Well, in the last 10, 15 years, everything's become such a financial constraint on firefighters. You don't have that ability. We know you don't have that yeah. ability. So for us, this is our our way of trying to educate. Like, you just really have to start thinking smarter on your finances. Um, and I mean, like, the biggest tool I can think of is, New coming in, now if, you know, if you're like me or whatever, been around, you already have the established bills, you're going to have to get smart. You're going to get smarter on your days off. Build yourself a budget. Build your family a budget. Um, you know, instead of going out to eat all the time, which I know sucks because I hate meal prepping, but try to do a little meal prepping or at least fix a big meal. Like one thing that Ashton does, and, and I love it, and it's actually funny because I fucking hated roast growing up. But um, she'll, you know, make the crock pot roast, whatever the stuff on it and then I'll take that to work for two or three days. Well that saves saves me and my brother, you know, that saves us thirty, forty dollars a day because we're not having to order order DoorDash or stop on the way to the plant and get food. No, I mean that's that's a pretty significant hit, especially oh, yeah. with the cost of fuel going up. So like when we started working down there, I started working down there with you, it cost me like thirty bucks to fill my car up. Now it's fifty. And that's a day. So like that's a whole other aspect. We're spending fifty dollars a day in fuel to go to work every fucking day, and then you start talking about adding you know twenty dollars a piece, thirty dollars a piece, forty dollars a piece in meals a day. That shit adds up. Well, now you're going to work for free. Mm-hmm. You're not bringing home that much anyway uh, after taxes and all that kind of stuff, which we can <laughs> we get in on the tax shit. Mm-hmm. But um, you know that's something that's helped us out is the bringing the food. Yeah. You know, at a fire station, you have the ability to cook. Um, I don't know. What do y'all do at your station? Y'all go to the grocery store and come back and cook? Oh, yeah. Okay. Every day, like weekends, we normally go out and have a big family, you know, dinner, whatever. And on Fridays, I think food trucks come out. We normally go do something like that. But majority of the time we cook. And I cook 
Yeah, you're big a big you're, Yeah, you're a big. Yeah, yeah you're a big meal prepper. Um, yeah. I've ate out your bowl a few times. Yeah. Uh, we were starving and didn't have time to go anywhere. <laughs> hey, what you got over there? Take you and rice, baby. Oh, man. Oh, that one that you did and you put the crawfish season in. That oh, shit was good. that was good. Yeah. That was shit was good. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's one little thing. Just people start start eating. You know, eating smarter. It's not It's not hard. It's not complicated. No. It's not as good as going and sitting at a Mexican food place and, and all that. I mean, that's that's my kryptonite. Chips and queso is the mm-hmm. damn devil. But, uh you know, do little things like that, but I would say the close the closer you can get to basing all of your monthly bills into one check, the way better off you're going to be. Because most, I mean, I'd say on average, you know, what are you know, I'd say on average probably most checks around fifteen hundred dollars bring home yeah. twice a month. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at three thousand dollars. If you have a fifteen hundred dollar a month truck note because you just financed a seventy thousand dollar truck, that leaves you fifteen hundred dollars a month to fucking do everything else on. That's insurance. Insurance is three hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Cell phone two hundred dollars a month. Whatever. If you got a you know some kind of other plan, that's still at least a hundred dollars a month. Then you have a house, apartment. In apartments these days, you just can't afford it. I think I read the other day like average rent on apartments like twenty two hundred dollars a month Dude. for nationwide. Yeah. Oh. Sh- I'm like, fuck. Dude, that's more we pay on the damn house. Yeah, we built it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no, it's there's no, and that's why guys are working second jobs, third jobs, fourth jobs. You know, they're literally going boom, 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 fire department, fire department. Like we talked about with Sean, you know, that I, personally, that's what I did. And I think that's what created a lot of my fucking burnout on shit. Because you just can't be in a station that much. You can't go that many years without, you know, adequate, not full nights of sleep and just all that kind of shit. It's um, literally killing you. I mean, it's yeah. your mental health and everything else for the cortisol levels that are you're eating your body away. And it's I not know, healthy. And my, I mean, my it's cortisol levels are through the roof. They have been for years. Yeah, and it's it's not healthy. And the, one of the biggest stressors in every family is finances, yep. is financial, you know, problems. And that's where, you know, man, I've, I've always been smart. I had a very good dad that, you know, educated me on finances and stuff like that, and they did it right. But um, so I can't really speak on a lot of this behalf. I can tell you what I've done, but I can't tell you the struggles. I struggled a little bit. Actually, when I first got in the Marines, because then I was spending a stupid amount of money before I went on my deployment, <laughs> yeah. just due to a party. And yeah, try to live it up. Yeah, try to live it up. And that was kind of a rough time. But after my first deployment, you know, I was pretty financially set. And uh, then I did touch that money, you know, waiting the next six months for I deployed again. You know, I kind of spent every dime, you know, then, but I didn't have no notes there. I mean, I had a yeah. Jeep note and a phone note, and that's it, right? Insurance, but that cost me maybe $1,000 a month altogether. And so I had about thousand more dollars to spend on drinking. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just and it adds up. It just adds up so quick. Um, and I just don't. Uh, you know, I always looked up to Sean. That was one thing that he uh, he pointed out to me a long time ago was about the the vehicle because like he he kept his wife in like a nice nice Tahoe suburban something like that, um, and then he just had that old old truck that was paid for. And there is not a damn thing wrong with it. I mean, the paint's faded, but shit, yeah. it's like 15 years old. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, looking at it now, that's – if you can find a way, save your money up, whatever, and pay cash mm-hmm. or buy a used truck, you know, they're not all super fancy with all the damn bells and whistles. But when it's sitting at a station anyway because you're working three jobs, what fucking difference does it make oh, yeah. what's sitting in the parking lot? Exactly. I mean, literally. Like, yeah. okay, so you want to look good for your 30-minute commute? 
Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, that makes no sense to have a, a $1,200, $1,500 $1, note sitting there in the parking lot of the fire station because you're working two jobs. That, that's it's sickening. Yeah, yeah, it's sickening and it's not smart thinking. No. Um, yeah, but also this, you know, I want to speak on a little bit about entrepreneurship. Guys, like, that is something y'all, I'm sure a lot of y'all have ideas, you know, and things that you could do or things that you want to do in order, you know, to make money. Dude, you got to take some risk. You oh, know, sure. yeah, I, I really, you know, uh, if I can motivate you in any way, it's just to do it. Quit talking about it and do it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if you get so focused on a business or anything like that, you know, you're going to be more focused on that and not doing, you know, kind of your non-necessary things of doing, you know, partying or drinking or whatever. You're focused on this business, you're building this stuff, and you want it to succeed, and you are investing your money into it. But, dude, you might be the next fucking... Bill, Bill Gates, Gates. Yeah. yeah, you never know. Yeah, you know, you and never know. And the firemen are talented at everything. Everything, man. There's a fireman that does something in every aspect of life. You know, you have, you know, we're traditionally we're we're blue collar, blue collar workers. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you got firemen that are electricians, plumbers, HVAC, construction, uh, welders, shed builders. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit, I don't even know and. Every single one, and the success on all that shit is on you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not pouring in. I mean, that's the only thing. So, like, I've never been a huge stock market guy. That's that's something I've asked you a million questions about. Mm-hmm. To me, it was always scary because it's like I'm giving my money over to somebody I don't fucking know. I ain't got that much money, so I'm giving it over to this person to do what they want with it. That to me was always scary. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, I, I was not big into that. Um, but as far as like businesses like this and everything, you know. Um, I've had the mowing business and all that. That shit is 100% on what you do. Oh, absolutely. You, know, you get out there, you get the yards, you get out there and mow the yards good, you keep the work, mm-hmm. you keep the money. To me, that was always a real simple breakdown of that shit. Um, and so I was I was always all about it. And, I mean, I don't know how everybody else does it. Whenever you work for yourself and you're riding around mowing, you can drink beer while you're doing it too. Yeah. And then you're off when you want to be. You know, you schedule your days out where you're doing your yards or whatever. You're, you're off in time to go pick up the kids. Then you're home in the evening. You're not at another damn fire station doing another 24 somewhere to make 15 bucks an hour running 20 more calls and just burning yourself out that much more. Exactly. And that's why, like, I, you know, starting at a young age, like how I did, you know, in the fire service. But, like, what are you going to do when you get it 30 or when you're 40 or whenever you retire? Because, yeah, your pensions, you have your pension there, but inflation's done went out the fucking roof. Yeah. So your, your, your pension's like fucking working at a gas station. Yeah, and your so pension's worth half as yeah, much as yeah. it was. So what, what are you going to do now? Right. You know, but if you start a business, you get it going, you make it successful. And now, I, I know that everyone can't do this and everyone won't do this. But, I mean, if you if you have an idea, you know, risk it. Because, I mean, you have nothing to lose. Like, yeah, you don't have to jump yeah, out and do no. like a hundred thousand dollar business. Idea. No, but no. I mean, if you have just something scale small, small, yeah, yeah scale do a small. little small something that earns you an extra hundred dollars a week. Find something that makes you extra hundred dollars a week. Well, that that hundred dollars can then to- go towards your fuel and groceries rather than coming out of your your payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, start to, if if people start thinking about stuff like that, like you and I both, we talk about um, we look at money as more or less like time worked and time gone. Mm-hmm. So like for us, you know, say it's a shift is $300. Well, if we spend $300 on some shit, well, that's one more day gone yeah. from home. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So if you break it down like that, say you have a down $900 truck note, well, that's three whole days that you're working for nothing but that truck. And most departments you're working 10. So that means three out of that 10 only pays for your truck. I mean, it's, it's simple math, but people don't really look yeah, at it. I, I mean, we, we talked about this before and it's, it's heartbreaking when you start and you, you know, you become a, a husband, you become a, you know, a father, all that. And you start really looking at that and it's like, you're, you're destroyed yeah. because you're literally trading complete days away from, from the people that matter just for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing. And, you know, and I get, I quickly realized that me by myself, I would not be able to grow financially or as a person if I wasn't married. You know, me and my wife, you know, she works hard, I work hard, but, you know, that's the only reason why I have all this. If it was for me, you know, I'd probably still be partying, drinking, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. throwing it all away, you know, because uh, I'll eventually probably get to a point where I wouldn't want to save money no more because addictive to spend money and have oh, nice yeah. things, you know. So, um, you know, having her has definitely helped me out a lot as well. For sure. Oh, I mean, that's, to me, the biggest, well, I mean, honestly, for me, the biggest pill to have, but I mean, I was a pretty rural fuck up before my daughter came along. No, me too. And um, so to me, that was a huge pivotal point. Um, and that's been kind of my my anchoring point on a lot of stuff, the decisions that I've made um, throughout my adult life. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, being married and, and having somebody on your team. Exactly. That's like, you know, hey, like all this money, you know, invested in doing all this. You know, your wife's totally on board. My wife's totally on board. I mean, you got to have that team at home. And I know a lot of guys don't have that. No, they <laughs> shit can be completely miserable at home. Been there, done that, and it, it can be absolutely terrible. But um, you know, that's one thing is, is the less problems you can put on your your at home team. If finances is one of those, then that's something that you need to really kind of work on to get out of the way because that's doing nothing but destroying that relationship. You can't have someone being supportive of you. Um, I mean, I. Dive more into that. Man, send it. Uh, just as far as the, you know, the, just the whole fatherhood stuff. To me, yeah, the kids think it's cool that you're a firefighter. They'll go tell their friends at school, "Yeah, my dad's a firefighter." Like that shit's cool. But they care more about you being there. Mm-hmm. They care more. They remember more of you being around than you'll ever be. You know, being gone. And that's one of the biggest things. Like I, I regret as, you know, my little one was younger. I was working the two and three full times, three you know, part times, all that bullshit to pay for all this shit. And, uh, you know, I missed out on a lot, a lot of my little one's younger years. Um, and now that I'm you know, making better decisions on that, I'm around. Like when I have her, I'm off. Um, and that's cool as shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get to have all those experiences and memories that she gets to carry throughout her life. And that shit's important. And, you know, a lot of guys out there, it's cool to be a fireman. You get the chicks as a fireman. Everybody knows that. You can pick up some ass, like no doubt. Um, You know, we're on this whole series about morals and manhood and shit. And like, we've done it. Mm -hmm. I've done it. I've chased ass, ran through the women, whatever, however the fuck you want to put it. Been there, done that shit. I did not have a problem going to the bar and picking one up and coming. I didn't go home alone. <laughs> it was never a problem, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, but that don't make you a man. No. Um, and I, as a society, I think we preach that a lot. Um, 
And the older I get, the more I see it because, you know, my kids are involved in all kinds of stuff. So I go to all this shit and, you know, you're like, where are the dads? Nine out of 10 dads ain't there Uh, for any, you know, regardless of what it is, they're not there. And I'm not trying to condemn them because I understand there's financial responsibilities. Dad works off, especially like where we live. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are in the oil field. Yeah. So you have you know, to work off. There's no other yeah, choice. The dads are, you know, gone on their hitch at, at work or whatever, and they're not home. And I totally understand. I'm not knocking. Um, but, you know, as firefighters and stuff, we already are held to a little bit of a higher standard, obviously, uh, morality-wise. But what you got to understand is your kids want you around. And if you put yourself in a position – because you think it's cool or whatever that fucking and all this kind of shit uh, is badass, which, you know, it is. That's one of the great things about being a human is we get to enjoy that. That's literally one of the gifts that we were given. Um, but if you become a dad, you got to be a dad. Mm-hmm. That bullshit's out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's just this huge push in culture right now uh, on, on the fucking aspect with shit on TV, you know, everybody sees in the fire stations is all this soap opera bullshit and hooking up and you know, whatever and this and the other and the old adage is cops beating firefighters cheat, right? That's the, that's the old adage people used to say all the time about cops and firefighters if you date one or married one or whatever. Well, that ain't right. No. You know, and that's come from somebody, I, I mean, I fucked up royally. Um, did a lot of shit that I ain't proud of, but it is what it is. I learned from it. It's not healthy. But I see these young guys around me all the time, man. They have you know, people come by the station and this, that, and the other. And it's like, man, y'all are y'all are going down a road that you really don't want to go down. Yeah. I'm not here to like get super fucking preachy on anybody, but just know that you're setting yourself up for major failure. Yeah, and, these are brothers we owe it to tell them. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, Sean kind of alluded a little bit when he was talking about you, you put your, your guys on your crew in a bad position, especially if you're that married guy, because this happens a lot. Sadly, but it happens a lot. And, hey, we're going to tell the fucking truth here. Guys are married, but they got chicks coming by the station. That's not cool. No. Um, you know, I, I personally, my belief is now that I'm older and I've matured a little bit and learned a lot. Um, if you want to fuck, that's fine. If you're wanting to have fun and shit, go be single. Mm-hmm. Just fucking go be single. Don't Don't bring, especially if you got your kids and shit, don't bring them through the ringer. You know, or your spouse, because your spouse has been holding down the house. Oh, absolutely. While you're gone. Uh, you know, it, it, shit may not be happy home between y'all. Totally understand that. Y'all may not be jiving. You may not have been getting none from that one in a while. Mm-hmm. Well, I, there's a million different aspects of that that I totally understand because more than likely I lived it. But you just have to understand that if you're still married, you are still in a commitment. Regardless of what today's society tries to fucking preach, you are still in a commitment. And if you're running around and shit, all you're doing is making yourself look like a fucking ass. And then on top of that, you're putting your crew in jeopardy, especially your fucking officer in jeopardy. Because if that shit blows up and that drama blows back on the station, like it can happen and most of the time does because spouses find out and people get fucking caught. Because mm-hmm. I don't give a damn how good you are. You cannot hide that shit forever. Yeah. You cannot. Um it's going to put you in a position that officer is going to have to come down on your ass. It's either their job at that point or it's your fucking job. Mm-hmm. What do you think they're going to choose? They ain't taking heat. They weren't getting a piece of that pussy. Yeah. They ain't taking the fucking heat for that shit. I mean, damn. Like, <laughs> well, not only that, we preach this brotherhood and sisterhood and shit. That guy's family is my family too. 
Yeah. How can I be such a hypocritical asshole to yeah. not, you know, do what's right? Yeah. You know? Oh, completely. I mean, we, I talked a little bit on the last episode about how, you know, as a kid and stuff, I remember that family. Well, it's awful hard to have that fucking family connection. Everybody's going, you know, on the, the late weekend trips as a crew on our days off and shit. If, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting next to you and then your wife, but I know that you've been fucking every night at the station, some other chick or whatever. Like, that's why the shit is completely fucking destroyed. Mm-hmm. On top of all the, you know, the snake and shit going on for motherfuckers that want promotions that don't deserve it. That kind of shit will destroy anything because... How are you supposed to handle that? You're sitting here getting literally like the guilt's eating you up. You've probably told your wife. And if your wife is anything like my wife, she's I'm about to tell her. Mm-hmm. I ain't fucking sitting here next to that motherfucker. Yeah. So you literally just have, boom, nothing but drama. And you can't go out of town with that kind of shit. You, no. know, you can't go on a trip or camping trip or fishing trip as a crew with that level of drama. And what did it all come down to? It all came down to you trying to get your fucking dick wet. I mean... That and shitty. that's as brutally yeah, fucking real, raw as it can get, but that's the damn truth. You gotta have enough respect for your guys, you know, not to do that, not to put them in that situation. I'm hoping you had enough respect for your, for your wife and your kids not to do that, but and yourself, yeah. I mean, like, I, there's there's friends of mine, and I have all the fucking respect for them in the in the world because you know you can be a you can be a um, responsible and and great dad. Uh, you know, through co-parenting. Oh you yeah, can, absolutely. But I have some friends of mine. I have all the respect in the fucking world for them because you know they get they got somebody pregnant and they straight up told them like, I don't want to get married because I'm gonna fucking cheat on you. I'm not done running around. I'm still having fun. I will help you raise this child, and you will have you know want for nothing. This child will have want for nothing. Yeah, we will co-parent and everything. But you know, I know that if we get together and and get married, then it will not be it will not be healthy. Yeah. Hey, I'm cool with that. That's fucking honesty. Yeah. Like that's fucking honesty. Um, and, and that leads me into the other aspect of that. In case people don't realize having sex creates children. Mm-hmm. Cause I think there's a lot of fucking people that obviously did not take sex ed in school or their parents were too chicken shit <laughs> to have that conversation with them. If you fucking, there is a possibility for a child. If you make a child, that shit is your fucking responsibility. Absolutely. That does not mean pawning it off on somebody else. That does not mean chicken shit in your way out of stuff. That is your fucking responsibility. Um, that's, I mean, I can't tell you, you know, the people that we go to you know, anything with these kids and you're there and the parent, the dad ain't there or whatever. And it's all that. And it's like, but there'd be the first ones that want to bitch about what the fuck's wrong with society. Well, what's wrong with society is the dads are absent. Why are the dads absent? Because they're out making another kid with somebody else. And that shit's hitting the fire service, too. Oh, yeah. It 100% is. Because, I mean, you hear stories. I don't, you know, you get on Reddit and you hear all this fucked up shit. And I, I'm just a curious person, so I just read other people's stories. And it's pretty. I've heard other people talk about it because at the kitchen table, what is there? Gossip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you hear what everyone's going through, man. It's just, man. Motivates me to live my life right. <laughs> no shit, man. No shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I mean, it's it it t- that's some that's a maturity thing. Yeah, I mean that's a maturity thing. I didn't I didn't get that till I was probably in my late twenties. Mm-hmm. I started really trying to you know put puzzle pieces together and, and figure that kind of shit out. Um, and I just I got to the realization, man, that that thirty minutes of fun ain't fucking worth it, man. It's yeah. not worth ruining your career, ruining your fucking kids' life, ruining your marriage because mm-hmm. you know with that shit comes divorce and we'll talk about being broke 
nobody ever been more broke than somebody going through a divorce. Mm. I'm just here to fucking tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that shit is no fun. Um, and it's like, you know, what was the point? And you see, you see it happen time and time and time again. Um, and then, the, the, but people want to be the first ones to preach, you know, the brotherhood, the fire service, and all this, that, and the other. And I can't tell you the <laughs> fucking stories and even pe- people that we personally know, firefighters fucking another firefighter's wife. What the fuck? <laughs> Dude, you just got to be a fucked up individual for that. <laughs> I mean, it, you can't even... There's no justification no. for that. I don't give a damn what anybody even says. There's no justification for it. And, you know, we fucking laugh on this show. It's like, we're going to talk about shit motherfuckers don't want to hear. Well, this is some of the shit motherfuckers don't want to hear. If you're doing that shit, you might as well just fucking walk up and cut your partner's fucking throat. Because th- that would at least be more manly decision than fucking, you know, Snapchatting his wife behind his fucking back and like all this shit. I mean, it just, it fucking blows my mind. But you're supposed to rely on that person to have your back inside of oh, yeah. fire. I mean, Dude, it's so hypocritical. Man. It's it is. It's a, there's probably nothing worse. No, there's not. I mean, there's really not. I can fucking tolerate the motherfuckers with the fucking promotion bullshit more than I can that. Yeah. I mean, because you are fucking up kids' lives. You're fucking up complete finances. You're totally fucking it up. I mean, all this shit for you to get your fucking dick wet. I mean, I just I want people to really like. Put your pride and all that shit aside or whatever and your funness and your excitement from the fucking hormone dump that you get from doing that shit and just really fucking think about what kind of shit you're creating. That's not after you, nut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no shit. No shit. I mean, it just... It's just wrong. Yeah. It's just fucking wrong. No matter how you cut it, no matter which way you cut it, you can say, well, this person did this. You point the fucking finger at everybody else. But at the end of the day, you did it. Mm-hmm. You fucking did it. And I mean, if you did it and you fucking learned your lesson, whatever, good for you. Because I understand everybody grows. And I'm not I'm not condemning anyone that's willing to grow. But if you're like, fuck it, I didn't do nothing wrong. You got a problem. Yeah. I and mean, you got a fucking problem. You're wrecking lives. And I just, I have no tolerance for and I, I just really hope that as a as a fire service, we get out of this mentality of it just having to be about the fun and the fucking excitement. Well, it's selfish behavior. Completely. Yeah, it's nothing more selfish than that. And you're selfish in that aspect. You're going to be selfish in everything. Right. You know? Right. <clears throat> and so you're. I have, yeah, I'm like, you have zero tolerance for it. Yeah. There, how You want me to respect you as a man for doing some shit like that? No, dude, you're fucking, to me, about as on the part of the devil. I mean, yeah, for you sure. Know, and it's just like, don't come asking, don't ask me for anything. I'm except for one thing. I'm gonna tell you how it is. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you where I stand, and um, and try to be able to work with you. It'd, it'd be hard. Oh, completely. I mean, like, and I'm not saying that cheating with other people, like, not. It's just fireman deal, but it's just it's different. If you're cheating with another fireman's wife that you're working with, it just hits different. It does hit different. There's no, yeah, there's no denying it. All of it's wrong. Yeah. But that, that hits on a different level of morality. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, you know, I, I mean, it just, it blows my mind, but people want to, people want to preach, like, well, where's the brotherhood? There's no brotherhood, all this shit. And, but at the same time, we have that kind of shit going yeah. on. And it's happening to every fucking department. Like, I guarantee you, everybody listening to this knows someone at their department that fuck, fucked around, either fucked around at the station 
with somebody or fucked around with somebody else they work with uh, wife or spouse, whatever. Like, guaranteed it's happening in every fucking station. And, uh, you know, how can you have that trust? Like, I remember as a kid, mm-hmm. it was probably one of the first real memories I had. I was probably like three or four years old, um, maybe a little bit older, but somewhere when I was, I was real young. And, uh, you know, the water heater busted in the house. So dad was gone, whatever, and he was at work. So he called the, this is way before cell phones, but he called the uh, station one right there. We lived in that district. Talked to them, hey, you go over there and you know, help my wife. They come over there, brought the squeegees from the fucking station and came over there and squeegeed all the work. We had tile floors, squeegeed all the water out. You know, my mom, we, they didn't have two cents to rub together back then. And, uh, you know, she was all hysterical. And everything because you know the water heater busted and they didn't have the money to buy new. You just yeah, they were struggling times. Mm-hmm. They were young in their marriage. They had probably been married five, six years. You know, when I was four or five years old, whatever. Um, and you know they're sitting there and the guys are hugging her. You know it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to get this mess cleaned up. You know everything's fine. Not a once did any kind of fucked up thought. Cross my dad's mind about, oh, shit, the guy, do that now. Yeah. Because I can tell you right now, there's a bunch of motherfuckers that I've worked with that I wouldn't let them within a fucking earshot of my wife. <laughs> because <laughs> they wouldn't give a damn. Uh-huh. Like, they, they wouldn't give a shit. You know, this is the kind of guys that, like, your wife comes up there for a fucking Christmas banquet, and then she leaves and goes home later that day, that night, and they're fucking adding her on Facebook and fucking DMing her. That kind of shit. Oh, dude, I lose my fucking. Well, I mean, seriously, but then I, I have a friend of mine, you know, that happened. Uh, his own lieutenant grabbed his wife's ass at the fucking Christmas banquet. He beat the fuck out of his lieutenant. Then he was the one in trouble. He got fucking fired from the fire department for beating the lieutenant's ass for grabbing his wife's ass. After the whole night, that you know, they were drinking, whatever. But that whole night, he's making comments like, bro, you know, your fucking wife is smoking. Like, I'm going to hit that blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, dude, fucking back off, back off, back off. Well, he fucking had enough. He touched his wife. He wrapped his ass. And then he's the one in trouble. Yes. Like, tell me where the fuck we're twisted on that shit. I'd have killed him. Oh, I'm fucking right there with you. Right there with you. I think it's funny, too, because I think that's why motherfuckers don't be fucking with my wife. Because they already know, like, I ain't fucking crossing that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's no, there's there's no amount of fucking mountains that I will move in. Fuck you. But, um, like, where are we as a, as a culture in the fire service that that kind of shit is acceptable and fucking basically damn approved of by the chiefs because they disciplined the wrong guy. Uh, but we're sitting there at the same time. It's like, Oh, well, damn, you know, that wasn't even that long ago. That was probably 1995 when that incident happened with, you know, my parents in the, in the water heater shit, 95 now, 20 years. And we've completely run this motherfucker in the ground on a morality basis, as far as for family and, Sexual desires and corrupt, however you want to put that shit, uh, whatever label you want to put on the motherfucker. But basically, what it's come down to is guys ain't got their dick in their pants. They're thinking with the wrong fucking. Head. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's but it's the culture, society, everything. Like, dude, I've hell even in my short time of living and seeing social media stuff. Like now you got all these girls and other guys just acting like everything's sexually, everything's sexual. Like they barely wear anything on Instagram. They wear them thong bikinis that. Or so far up their cooter that you can't even see it. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, then they got like 30 million goddamn followers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, and it, I mean, you look on Twitter, dude, it's just nothing but people talking about sex and stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just being saturated in our society. 
you know, it is. And but how are you supposed to? It's one thing in that aspect, but it's another thing in your family. Oh yeah, I mean that's and I look at everything because I'm you know relatively simple individual, so I look at everything on a simple basis. And if that's your family, and they're you know that's supposed to you know your fire family and your family is all supposed to be integrated into one. So now we're family fucking family. So that's yeah. SS, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I mean, that's yeah. that's how I look at shit. I mean, that'd be no different than, you know, like a guy looking at my daughter. You know, that's, mm-hmm. it's, to me, it's all just fucked. Um, and I don't know, I don't know how to really get a whole, ahead of it aside from just pointing it out, yeah. exposing it. That's what the fuck is going Maybe on. Maybe someone that listened to this, they've been that guy and they feel a little bit of guilt. Yeah. I mean, people are going to have to take self, self-accountability. I mean, that's, that is what it's going to have to come down to and policing your own, you know, that we started this podcast to essentially police our own because mm-hmm. nobody else is doing it. So that is what we're doing. I mean, we're, we're calling it out, you know, stop with the fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not worth your little 30 minutes. I don't care if you're fucking Superman, you got, you know, big dick status and you last for four fucking hours cause you're a super fucker. I don't give a damn. Uh, <laughs> four hours is not fucking worth wrecking two families. No, you know, however you want to cut it, that is that is the fucking truth. Most of you little fuckers, you probably only like thirty second long little fucking short strokes anyway. But you talk all your big game on Snapchat. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> shit, I get fucking mad about the shit. For one, you know, I I don't want to put it as a victim, but had motherfuckers. In a, my previous marriage, people I fucking worked with messaging and shit like that. And I fucking shut the shit down then. But I'm like, now, fuck y'all. Like, fuck all y'all. Uh, I'm not even going to play that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, even on, like, at all. i tell you one thing I do. I think it's funny as shit. Motherfucker tries to add my wife or something or send some shit on Snapchat. I fucking send him a picture of the bat wing. Oh, give it to him. Fuck yeah. Just, I'm just a dickhead. But you gotta do that kind of shit. And then fucking call the motherfucker out. Like straight call him out. Uh, in front of people. In front, yeah. Embarrassing. I yeah. mean, he's, if he's steep in that low, shit. I mean, what well, I mean, you know, I don't necessarily being in the plant, we don't have a kitchen table anymore, but like sitting <laughs> sitting at the fucking kitchen table on a fire station, you're sitting there, you're like, hey, Kev, you know, I got, I got a question to ask such such. Yeah, what you got? Hey man, you think it's cool to fucking message my wife last night? Watch that motherfucker turn white. Watch him turn white. Start doing that kind of shit. That goes along with what we've been preaching, you know, having a spine. You know, we use the drastic shit, drastic examples of somebody breaking into your house or somebody trying, you know, mess with your wife or kids at the grocery. We use these drastic examples. But that shit is just as, as real. Yeah. That's probably going to happen way more way more often, yeah, yeah, than somebody breaking into your house or whatever. Got, you know, I don't want anybody to break into anybody's house. But that's... That's a possibility of somebody messaging your wife. It doesn't even have to be a fireman. Stand up for your wife. Stand up for your marriage. Uh, yeah, you do that little shit like that. And then you know how the group tech shit works, the fire station. Man, that shit would be for 30 seconds. Everybody mm-hmm. in the goddamn department would know. Oh, yeah. Bro, fucking, fucking Gunner just called out such and such on in front of Catman, fucking everything about him messaging his wife. Oh, shit. Well, we know Gunner ain't the one trying to sneak around his back. You start doing that shit. Everybody oh, yeah. start doing that shit. Who is there to fuck up? It's, the problem is fixed. But we've gotten in such a society of, of men that refuse to fucking go and talk. 
everybody either wants to, you know, run to the chief or think that somebody else is going to, nobody's coming. Nobody's going to fix your fucking problems. You know, we, as Americans, we're badass because we were the fucking problem fixers of the world. We fixed everybody else's problems. Well, in the meantime, we kept, we forgot to start fixing our own. Mm-hmm. And we've lost the ability for people to just go have a fucking, like, it ain't got it. I'm not saying go punch a motherfucker in the mouth right off the gate. I mean, if you want to, that kind of warranted in, in my opinion, but mm-hmm. um, just have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, man, that shit ain't cool. Like, I don't care what your intentions were. I don't care if you just, just no, no. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking hit my wife up. Don't try to fucking talk to my wife. Shit like that. I don't, that's not, I don't think that's too dangerous. No, no, absolutely not. And I mean, your wife's going to respect you. Uh, the guys at the station's going to respect you for doing that. I mean, um, at least I would. Oh, for you sure. know, uh, I gained probably a lot of respect for you because it shows me that right now you're a pretty morally strong individual. Mm-hmm. And um, your wife will love it. She'll probably come home and fuck you real good. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's another little aspect of this shit. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Guys are so hung up on, really as society, but I mean, it hits in the fire service too, which we do have a, a little bit of a, a beneficial factor because we're firefighters. Mm-hmm. So you automatically have a, at this point in time, guys keep fucking up and screwing women over and it ain't going to be a good thing. But as of right now, you kind of have the cards in your favor as far as for women and stuff. Uh Quit just run. I mean, you don't have to freaking act a complete fool on the shit. Mm. Like, if you're a strong, moral-driven man, the women will be there. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, if you are one of these guys that's that's looking for the right one to actually have a real life with, um, I know your wife, my wife, they appreciate those qualities about us. If we was like a little fuckboy status guys, Oh, my wife would have never talked to me. Never. Which I was then, so I don't know what attracted to me. What attracted her to me then? But well, it was your your morals. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, if she, if you know, we asked her, whatever, it'd be it'd be the fact like you might have been still. I was wild. Yeah. Yeah, but you were still you. Yes, absolutely. You were a strong man, and that's that's what people really need is is this whole major push of just being like spineless and going with the flow and just being yes men to everything. That is not attractive to women. Mm-hmm. They may they may act like they like it for like a moment, because you know you buy them fucking everything they want, or they fucking need this and you cater to them and just all this fucking shit all the time. You're just a yes man all the time. They long term they don't want that. Mm-hmm. Women do not want that. <laughs> I mean they that's it's shown. We're, we're kind of I feel like we're at a cultural swing where that is kind of going, but time and time again, the guy that's. I'm not saying be a complete douchebag, nothing like that. But the guy that stands his moral ground is a good moral compass, you know, a fucking kingly type mindset and stuff. That's what women are fucking on. That's what they're attracted to, which is kind of why they like firefighters because mm-hmm. firefighters are supposed to be morally driven badasses that risk their lives to save others. And that's attractive to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if they're not attracted to some fucking little, SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, plebe motherfucker that, you know, doesn't do shit and is just like, you know, just a yeah. complete weakling, essentially. Yeah. That is why they're attracted to to firefighters. And guys just don't understand. Like, you don't have to, you know, you need to have a spine at work for damn sure. Um, but at home, just be be strict on your morals and strict on your principles. And the, a 
of the right woman will come along or yeah. women in general, depending on, I mean, I don't Whatever know what everybody's motive, yeah. but that's what women like. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and going into the fatherhood stuff, uh, we cannot, we're, we're with this movement, we're trying to fix the next generations of the fire service, but as a whole, as a society and everything, as, as American men, we have to be good fathers, you know, setting a good example. I know you don't, you know, you don't have any kids yet and everything. Uh, you know, for me, like one of my biggest goals is my kids know exactly what I stand for, exactly who I am in every aspect. I, you know, I'm not perfect by any means. And I do a lot of shit that, you know, I I might say too many cuss words, stuff like that around my kids, whatever. Um, that's, (laughs) that's my faults as a, as a person that's in the other, but, I stand true to who I am around my kids. They know whenever I'm at home, I'm the, I'm the same way I'm at home and I am at work. You know, there's little things like I got really, really excited. We went to, you know, the college football game this weekend and watched the oldest perform. She's in high school and mm-hmm. go, she went and performed with the college. They did like a junior musicians thing for the band, march out on the field and play that. And it oh, was just cool. like so yeah. fucking cool. Uh, I mean, it was almost like emotionally cool. Like you're so happy that you have like all these emotions start turning up because mm-hmm. you're so fucking happy for your kids. Like that shit, that's because I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm not there, then I don't get to experience that. They don't get to have me there. You know, they, she came off the field and smiling ear to ear. It was cool. She was hooked. Yeah. You know, totally fucking hooked. Um, and you have then, to love to see that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, and it, it even goes back to um, last year. We took all like my whole family. Um, my dad retired. And so we took the whole family a huge trip to uh, to Disney. First time all, and we got nothing but girls. It was a fucking island of damn girls out there. <laughs> <laughs> My brother's got girls. I've got girls. Uh, you know, we, we go to Disney, and we're at the Magic Kingdom. You know, the big castle and all the princesses and just all the shit, man. I can't I can't even tell you the amount of just overwhelming emotions that you have when you get to see the like the little parade stuff. And then they do the big fireworks show at night and all this stuff and just man these girls just it'll make you want to cry yeah because you're just so fucking overwhelmed with how happy these kids are that's what being a dad is Mm -hmm. like it's not the act of fucking and making them that's the dad part Mm -hmm. it's the being there yeah it's it's i mean you can't buy them the world especially as a fireman you can't buy them the world but being there you know, when they fucking, they're playing ball and they strike out, you're there. When they hit a home run, you're there. That's being a dad. Um, you know, we do the rodeo thing. And there's times, you know, I got three girls at rodeo. There's times they go over there and knock down barrels and they come out of the alleyway and they're, you know, they're upset. And you're there for them for that. It's like, hey, you know, it's all, it's it's fine. You know, you'll get another run at it. This isn't the last one. Um and then, you know, getting to be in the back with them, getting them pumped up and calmed down at the same time because mm-hmm. you're fucking nervous because that's like, that's the most nerve wracking shit because you're about to send them off on this fucking fast ass giant animal. You know, a lot of people don't know about what horses are like, but they're just pure power. And you're sending your kid in there hauling ass, you know, and it's basically like strapping them to the fucking hood of a damn drag car. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what it feels like. And, uh, you know, you're sending them in there for that. So, so you're fucking nervous as shit. And, but you're nervous for them. And then like half the time, honestly, I'm like, Oh my God, I, I wish it was just me going and running this shit for them. Um, 
but you're, so you're pumping them up and, and giving them the guidance, you know, do this and do this and make sure, you know, you're keeping this, but at the same time, you're like, but you're okay. You know, you're fine. <laughs> just fucking breathe. Like you're good. Calm down. Just keep, you know, keep your head clear and this, that, and the other. And, uh, so you're just going through all that kind of shit, but of that whole fucking run, whether they do good or whether they do bad, they may win a buckle. They may, may win money, may win a check, but they remember you as a dad being back there. Yeah. They won't remember jack shit else. They remember that dad was back there. Now I'll tell you what they damn sure remember is when they go out there and they make their run and you weren't there. That That's the stuff that like as a dad, it doesn't matter how much money you make. Like I want everybody to be successful and, and make the money they need to be able to provide those, those things for their kids. But I mean, just a little shit like that, like that, that's what being a dad is. Um, and I've had to learn it the hard way. Like I said, you know, I, mm. I missed a lot of the young years of, uh, of mine. Um, and I, I'm doing everything I can to make up for it now. And now with the baby coming along, it's going to be better. Cause I'm going to actually, you know, basically be a better dad for her on that aspect. Cause I'll be here from her from birth and, and everything yeah. with the healthy, uh, more healthy relationship and oh, stuff sure. like that, you know? Yeah. And the finances, you know, on lock and, and all that kind of stuff. So, and that's taking maturity and, and age, which, you know, that's can be a little learning point for a lot of guys. Be smart. You know, whenever you're, when you're having sex and be smart about the shit. I don't feel like I should have to say that, but at this point in time with the amount of people I'm seeing running around knocking people up, Apparently y'all missed the whole shit about smart sex, but I mean, <laughs> you got to do something. Mm-hmm. If you're not ready to to sacrifice, to have all those moments to actually be there and be that productive dad, then you damn sure better be. Mm-hmm. Um, either that or when it does come along, grow Figure the fuck out. up. Yeah. Grow the fuck up and be a dad. I don't care if you like the chick. That's the mama or not. Um, hire a fucking lawyer. That's the best thing I can tell you. Yeah. Hire a good lawyer, but get your shit locked in where you're around that child. That child needs you as a dad. And as firefighters, you know, the community fucking needs you. Your brothers in the station needs you. Your kids need you too. Yeah. No, I don't have kids and stuff, which I had great parents. My dad was always there. My mom was always there. They had their little fights here and there. But, you know, all in all, it was a very good childhood. We didn't take a lot of trips like, you know, that I planned to with my kids whenever I have them. Like a lot. We did a few things, but... um you know, we really had a good life and I don't have kids. So I really can't speak on much on that perspective, but whatever you're saying sounds right. Sounds <laughs> so. yeah. well, I just, like we were at that rodeo yesterday. Yeah. And I, was, I was sitting there with my dad in the bleachers. We we're waiting on the events were changing and stuff. I was sitting there talking to my dad and we were, we were, I was talking to him about this stuff. And, um, you know, my dad was an awesome dad, but, uh, he worked a lot because I mean, my parents didn't have shit. My mom was a brand new school teacher and, uh, you know, there just wasn't that much money coming in. So, you know, dad worked two or three jobs and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, sad to say it, but I remember the stuff that dad wasn't at. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I don't fault him because shit, it, it, that's real life. That's fucking real life. That's as real as it gets. Um, but I remember that stuff. And, and I had a great childhood. I got to do a, a lot of stuff, play baseball over the fucking world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we were on a ton of select teams and, and all that kind of stuff, played football, just all the sports, basketball, you name it. I was playing it, traveled all over, did a lot of travel ball and everything, rodeo and stuff like that um, myself. But, uh, you know, I, I do remember stuff that dad couldn't be at because he was having to work to pay for us to be there. Mm-hmm. That was the reality of it. 
And uh, so I was talking to him about that stuff and, and uh, you know, kind of venting my frustrations to him about, about dads that aren't there and uh, or don't even fucking try and shit like that. And he looked at me yesterday. He said, you know, there's nothing worse on this fucking planet than a useless man. No, I agree. And I was just like, damn. <laughs> like, and, you know, that's my dad, you mm-hmm. know, tell me that. And I know what all he, he mean, what his definition of a useless man, but that's the fucking truth. And really that's everything that we're, we're talking about here. Um, you know, it's, you just, you have to have the principles and morals and that goes along with every aspect. Um, and I just, I really hope that people really start just kind of taking a look in the mirror. You know, if you are a dad and you've made mistakes and stuff like that, it's never too late. No. Like it's never too late to correct that action. You know, if you're married and you're, <laughs> your shit ain't on par, I can't say if it's too late on that. You know, I know what vows are um, and I believe in marriage vows and stuff like that. So, you know, if you, if you did that, then it's not too late on that aspect either. I wouldn't think unless, you know, you already in the process of divorce, you know, that's every, to each his own, all that kind of stuff. But going into the next phase of your life, start making better choices. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that own up to it and go from there. I worked for a guy one time, long time ago. And he, he told me this and shit. I was probably maybe 18 or 19 years old. Uh, and at the time I was like, yeah, whatever. Bro. But uh, <laughs> he told me, he's like, man, everybody that you sleep with, their problems become your problems. He's like, so just think about that. He's like, damn. And he's like, because it don't matter what it is. You fuck them, their drama becomes your that's true. It's so fucking I've been true. in that position. That is so true. <laughs> and I was just like, God, like now looking back, because he knew what I, I mean. This was back when I, yeah. I was way young. Yeah, 18, 19 years old. I was wide ass fucking open. Was not living right. Um, was not clean. Yeah. And um, was having a hell of a lot of fun. But he told me that shit and I was like, all right. Uh, you know, I did just, uh, you know, I was drinking and, and you know, messed around drugs and the pills and just I'm just fucking pretty wild yeah but uh he said that to me and I was just like damn and I think if a lot of people knew that like really truly knew that like every single person that you sleep with their drama becomes your drama because you know the Facebook and this is really shit Facebook was in its infancy like if you back then if you didn't weren't in a college campus like college circle you weren't on Facebook so this is pre all that shit too. And it was still at that level. So now it's a thousand times that, you know, you're sleeping around with such and such. Well, it's on Facebook and oh, yeah. this person gets caught up. Well, then somebody fucking tags you in it and just, Oh, oh cause you're always being watched. Ooh, always. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I, I can't really discourage this because I mean there is aspects of life but people just need to really understand that that being a man doesn't doesn't mean how many people have you slept with no absolutely um being a man really now looking back that doesn't even mean like have you gotten laid yet like I know I listened to that uh Shia LaBeouf interview uh, that he did and you know he's been through the fucking ringer on some shit and uh 
he definitely went wild there for a while and it is what it is all, and all that stuff. Uh, and he's doing everything he can do to make amends. But he was he was really talking there for a little bit about um, as a culture and, and as a society, you know, we don't really define a man. He was saying like in the Spartans and shit, you know, they, they taught them war and like they really went through a badass regiment of how to become a man. Well, yeah, in the United States, what is a man? Does it mean that you're not a virgin anymore? He was saying that, you know, for him and his society where he grew up and in his environment, you weren't a man until you went to prison or jail, whatever. Wasn't until you did that, then you were a man. It's like, damn, that's fucked. Um, you know, so there's just, there's no clear, and I don't really know how we can fix that besides just exposing that because people need to understand Um as a lot of younger men are coming up and stuff, it's just fucking lost. Like they have no real direction. And I mean, you have a firefighter coming in their only direction in life is I'm a firefighter. I mean, there's no, it's not like they can go buy a damn house. I mean, if you do, then you, you're either financed through the fucking roof or whatever. I mean, there's just no clear, concise direction for a lot of these guys coming up on what, what an actual real, healthy principle driven man he is and that's what I hope that we're able to define throughout this shit yeah dude, and that's well each culture is different and we're a country of every culture yeah. you know and so and that's I think that's it rubs into a lot of friction there you know because uh, everyone's got their different beliefs and whatnot um, I think the best way to look at it is look at your religious and beliefs and go based off that because you know then you have different cultures and different entities in one religion and they can kind of make the rule. The rule should be it's set for us, but you know, for the others, you know, non-Christian religions, they can make the rules for them, whatever they do. Right. But I think that's what we probably need to be, you know, reflective of is what Jesus and God sees as a man. You know, yeah. It, it's it's displayed in Scripture on how we should be. You know, it's talked about, and um, you just might not want to hear it, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, no but it's talked about. Yeah, but um. And I think it's and it's it's, compli- it's complicated. It's very because it's hard. We're human, and it's hard for us to align to a lot of things because we're not perfect. And so, that's pretty much my viewpoint on that. I got you. Well, and you got anything else? Oh no, I mean, man, that was kinda, good. Yeah, I just I enjoyed that. Really touch on those those little subjects because that to me seems like some really prevalent deals, especially as far as in the household. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that guys even need to look at or get hold of or however. You Anyway, yeah, well, if you don't have anything else, man. Shut it down. All right. Well, uh, y'all be sure and, uh, you know, give us a share on, on Facebook. Go join the, uh, the Ted Ward Misfits Facebook group. Um, we got the apparel coming out. Uh, we have several other business ventures that are coming out. YouTube channel is coming up. This new uh, new video podcast is, is pretty fucking awesome. We're pretty yeah. excited about this all coming out. So, yeah, y'all give us a give us a like on Facebook, share everything, start getting the word out. Come uh, talk to us. Messages. Yeah, messages. Talk to us. Questions you have, ideas you have. I mean, put it out there. This is a this is a collective movement. I mean, it's not yeah, just it's not is, it's not about us. It's not about him. It's not about me. It's all of us. We're all in it together. Everybody, you know. Um, and we man, the stories and stuff that have already started com- coming in and everything. We've been able to interact with people and that's that's really what we want. We're we're trying to build a movement. Everybody that, that feels like they're a misfit is welcome. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, anyways, well, we'll see y'all in the next one. See you.